0: You're listening to the
1: Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast hosted by Joe Hunter on The Sound of Life at soundoflife.org.
0: There's times when you may feel like God is not keeping his promises, that he has forgotten about you, that he has left you. I'm here to tell you that is not the truth. Hey, it's Heather on The Sound of Life. Second uh, Thessalonians 3.3 3 says this, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one I need to be reminded and maybe you do too like on a daily basis that God is still faithful because like I can't see the big picture like I can't see everything that's going on but I can always trust God's word and in his word it says he is faithful he will strengthen us and he will protect us from the evil one we can rest in that today
1: Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life.
0: You know what community looks like? Well, you may have missed a story that I shared last week about accidentally buying my son's Paw Patrol juice pouches. And my sons are 16 and 15, so... They weren't super excited about me sending Paw Patrol (laughs) juice pouches with them. I had a friend show up at my house last week, knock on the door, and give me 30 juice pouches. And no, they were not Paw Patrol. She was like, you cannot send your boys to high school with Paw Patrol juice pouches. That's what community is. All right. That's what people do when they are in another state, which is what happened in this situation. And they pick up 30 juice boxes and they drop them off at my house. Man, I love... You are listeners, and I love our community here at The Sound of Life.
1: A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The Sound of Life.
0: Yesterday, I just had this moment where I was like, man... I am not doing a very good job with my boys right now. (laughs) This is the sound of life. I have three kids. I have one that uh, we just launched into college this year. That's been quite a transition, but we also have two teenage boys who are 16 and 15. And there's just times when I get down on myself and I think, well, I should be doing this more. I should be doing that. We should be doing this as a family. And I felt like this week when I struggled with that, God was like, will you stop? Stop like sitting in that mom guilt. Because I think many of us look at what we think we should be doing. And we just can't do it. Like our expectations are just too high on ourselves, but we're literally doing the best that we can. And I think our kids see that and God definitely sees that. So if you're struggling with a little bit of mom guilt today, I just want to encourage you, let it go. Look at the good things that you are doing and be happy with what you are doing instead of focusing on what you think
1: you should be doing. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The Sound of Life.
0: Every day when I take my kids to school, I choose pretty much the same path and I run into the same issues pretty much every single morning (laughs) each other on the sound of life. And the other day I thought, you know what, I wonder if I took this way. Now if I go a different way It's not as crowded with traffic. I have to stop a little bit more. I can't go as fast, but I still get to my destination. And I think sometimes I get there quicker. And when I was thinking about that this week, it was like God said, you know what? Sometimes your path is going to look different. Sometimes your path isn't going to be the path that everybody else takes. And it's not going to be as fast. Maybe you're going to have more stops. You might have more obstacles, But God's still going to get you where you need to go. And trust me, when you take God's path, it's going to be so much better. So don't compare yourself with other people's journey. God may be taking you on a very special journey and you got to trust that even though it doesn't look like other people's, he's still working it out for your good. The Sound of Life. Hi, I'm Heather on The Sound of Life, and I want to share 2 Corinthians 1, through 3-5 with you because I need the reminder today that God is with us through everything. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble With the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So even though you may not feel it, God is working and you can ask him, you can say the God of all comfort, the father of compassion, will you comfort me right now? Will you come alongside me and show me your grace? You can ask that today. Scripture is clear He will comfort us in
2: all our troubles.
1: Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life.
2: Tough morning out with all the rain. We'll get there in a second. At least we're not lost in the Rockies like one guy was over the weekend. Uh, He must be like an experienced hiker. He's out there on a high peak in Colorado. (laughs) You know, that's uh, 14,000 feet above sea level. And he's hiking a trail. Now, I guess rule probably number one is take somebody with you. But certainly up on the top of the rules is just you got to get down before it gets dark. Can you hike in the dark? And he said, yeah, I lost the trail. And then I was looking and I was trying to get on the right one all night long. He just kept looking for another trail. Well, in the meantime, people reported him missing because he didn't come back to where he had signed in. It was past due time. And he didn't know it, but this whole rescue team was out looking for him. And one of the things they do, they had his phone number and they called him. And he saw the number. I guess he thought it was, he must have in his mind thought, oh, who's who's calling me about my car warranty at 2 in the morning, you know. If you're you're in the Rockies and you're hiking and it's 2 in the morning and you haven't reported back in, you know, it's. Probably the search and rescue team calling you. But they called him and called him and he never did answer. He didn't even realize people were looking for him. He finally got back the next day he got back to the right trailhead and got back to his car and stuff, you know. And Where you been? We got half the county out here looking for you, you know. People are that way sometimes with the Lord, and the Lord's not gonna give up either. He's gonna keep looking he's gonna keep coming after you. You ever had a situation that had happened before and you didn't realize it? Oh, that was God. <laughs> what happened then or this, you know, or this person in your life? Oh, I didn't realize it at the time, but that was God. Once we get rescued, then we kind of look back on it and everything kind of falls into place. When that's ever happened to you. Love to hear about that. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Missed you yesterday. And thanks, Heather. For filling in, appreciate that. A couple of people pointed out to me on Sunday that there were two NFL games currently that had a five in the score. It's unusual because to get a two, you have to tackle a guy with the ball in the end zone that's not, you know, It's it's like your own end zone. Anyway, you get two points for that. If they're trying to advance, which doesn't happen a lot, but it did a couple of times. But it led to a score that was the first to ever happen in the NFL. I know that's really kind of wild. Uh, Some years ago, I don't know, and I don't think it was 20 years ago even, but a sports writer uh, noticed it and found them out and coined the phrase scorigami. It's called a scorigami. If it's the first time it's ever happened in the NFL, the Cardinals beat... Uh, Texans, Texas, uh, uh, thirty-one to five. And believe it or not, that score had never happened in the whole history of the NFL. Thirty-one to five, and it did on Sunday. So there you go. If you hear people talking about, yeah, that's a score, call me. There's over a thousand of those. Not that you care about that anything, but m- maybe what really happened—that's important—happened to <laughs> a guy that a lot of people love to hate. That's Tom Brady. And it doesn't matter if he's playing for New England for like forever, and then he goes to Florida and wins I mean you can understand why people, people people just say, "Oh, I hate the guy so uh it, he happened to be a part of a very wholesome event that happened on Sunday, just very spur of the moment, and that's what made it really cool. There was a young fan there at they were the tampa- Bay Buccaneers were playing the Chicago Bears <laughs> anyway. <laughs> A young fan held up a sign that read, Tom Brady helped me beat cancer. Wow. So he walked over, and he was saying, hey, and talking to the guy. And, of course, that's probably enough. And then he took his hat off, his ball cap, and gave it to him. This kid. And and so everybody's tweeting out, oh, I can't hate the guy anymore. Wow, day. that's no. awesome. <laughs> Waking up with a cup
1: of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Kind of a theme today,
2: looking back on what God has done and realizing, oh, that was God doing that. Yes. Just about 7:19. We'll check in with Russ Murley here in a minute. Be very careful out and about. Just starting to get light out. Uh, flash flood Watch. Are you kidding me? It's it's flooding around, but especially south of i 4, south of Newburgh, and in the uh, hills of the Taconics and the Catskills, Adirondacks. But maybe not Adirondacks. I don't think the uh, impact of the storm isn't that far north. Pardon me. Yes. Maybe what we should be doing is rescuing people in eastern North Carolina. They seem to need it. There's one town east of Raleigh. They have a buzzard problem. This turkey vulture is what they are turkey vultures. They're huge. I saw them. I'd never seen them before. And I walked out one time. This is years ago. We lived in a community and had a water tower close to our house. And I walked out, and there they were. There was about four of them on top of the water tower. They love doing that, apparently, <laughs> all over, right? This may be the same ones that are in North Carolina, except they got a bunch of their friends there. And they've been doing it. Then it's a protected species. You can't even harass the bird. I'm like, what do you do? Ask them to politely, uh, turkey vultures, uh, could you like, would you like go to South Carolina just for a little while? You know, give us a little break or something. I don't know. They don't know what to do. But now, the police were called to a neighborhood to eject an alligator found trying to get into the community pool. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's only funny because it's not happening in our community, right? And it never will. Not here. Oh, no. Absolutely not. <clears throat> Famous last words. Right? Well, they got on the scene to find that the alligator had broken through the porch lattice, of the pool's reservation office. Now, to be fair, it is at Sunset Beach, just to let you know. But I'm just thinking, you know, you live in a neighborhood... That may be a sign from God. Where the alligators trying to break into the neighborhood pool, you might want to look at see what other states are available to move to.
1: The sound of life.
2: The headline says, We are giving forgiveness. Who would that be to? Abducted missionaries, families, offer radical grace to militant captors amid deadly uncertainty. Of course, happened in Haiti. Missionary workers. Uh, they're obviously looking for money. I don't know if they realize who they captured and when they did. 17 missionaries abducted in Haiti earlier this month. And um, they hold on to hope and to grant incredible grace to the captors. Potentially deadly situation stretches into its 10th day. Christian Aid Ministries is the nonprofit organization with whom the missionaries were affiliated. And October the 16th, I guess, was the date. A little fuzzy on that. I think so. There have been many tears, thousands, if not millions of prayers, the family said. And amid those prayers and emotions, the missionaries' families have expressed an abundance of grace and forgiveness. We're interested in the salvation of these men, and we love them. One of the father of one of the hostages said in reference to the kidnappers who took his child. What a perspective that is. That is a God perspective. One of the other parents said, as a family, we are giving forgiveness to these men. We are not holding anything against them. As you just now were praying, because I reminded you of that, praying for their release. Of course, God knows you want them to be released. Of course, he wants them safely, safe. And of course, he wants the people that captured them to know their forgiveness through his son, Jesus. And that's what we pray for today. Brave people right there.
1: A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound
2: of Life. That is Maverick City Music and Promises. Can we give them a little bit of applause here for their winning a Dove Award New Artist of the Year, Maverick City Music. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I just love the quote, though, from Maverick City Music, new artist of the year. The Dove Awards were on Tuesday night, rebroadcast last Friday, I believe. Our prayer is that every time we go out, that we don't magnify us, that we don't magnify celebrity or our personality or our fashion or anything. We want to lift up Jesus. Maverick City Music. These guys are doing it, getting it done. Yes, thank you very much. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. So I mentioned my daughter's wedding and it happened. (laughs) It actually happened. My wife's laying in bed last night after all that. I said, wow, it's kind of weird not to have like, some deadline coming up or somebody you've got to talk to or check on. Yeah, I know it. It is. It's amazing. At one point, she said, you should never plan a wedding. Just give it to somebody else. It, is, it can be very frustrating. Of course, it has been for years now. A couple of years. Maybe maybe more. I, I, I've, I've lost count of, of time. I have, like, this twilight zone of pandemic time. It's just so fuzzy. But, It actually happened, which I have to pinch myself a little bit later. Um, It's something that we did close to home. Her mom, her nanny and poppy, her grandmother and grandfather could be there with it and friends. And it didn't escalate some, you know, where they originally started to be a backyard wedding. And uh, all because of her uncle Mark. That's he's blamed for the escalation. No, it's just easy. He really has a gift of hospitality, he really does, um, and sometimes you don't realize it, right? And uh, he was like, uh, "Everybody wants to come over to my place," <laughs> you know. I said, "That's," I didn't really say, but I thought, I thought about it later. I said, "Well, he does. He has that, and a lot of times, but you can you can really use that. That's God can use that. It's amazing." So it was really beautiful, and of course, the rain held off until. That nice Sunday night, Uh, because we didn't know what rain was until last night, (laughs) this morning, really, that was uh, something else. But, uh, you know, you think about that, and you think, well, Lord, I I take that as a blessing, but, I mean, maybe it rained on somebody. Some people, I know somebody that had a wedding um, that it did rain on. It wasn't in New York. I think it was west of here by many miles anyway Yeah, i'm trying to think of where it was but they they saw that as a a blessing so it you know it it's kind of like what we expect from god we're like oh wow you know if the sun had been shining maybe we would have thought that's a real blessing you know but it is interesting isn't it what you think it's where you come from if you come from a place that's ravaged uh by evil And you move into a place, I mean, you can see God, no doubt about it. You can see that light. That's what it's all about. It all comes down to that. And it's you. You are that light. But the thing is, you know, let, let God shine through you. But you think, but I'm not that bright. It's okay. Have you ever been in a completely dark place and lit a little candle and how it lights up? It's pretty amazing. That's what you do when you're there. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. You know, I was praying the whole entire time coming to work, pretty much. I really was, because this is the, you know, yesterday, yes, it was rain, puddles and all that. But today, we've got limbs down. We've got the uh, uh, the Internet is out here at the station, so that affects our Um, listening online on the website and the app and such, things like that. So uh, that's happening right now. I'm not sure a lot of the neighborhood has power. We have a generator here at the station. It's not running, so we have electricity. But, you know, you come up on those sticks and things very fast. And I ran over some pretty good sticks. So, (laughs) sorry, car. Anyway, the way it is. You know, it was a storm, actually, from what I understand, a snowstorm that drove... Not only the power lines underground in New York City, but also the Underground Railroad. They had been talking about it for some time. And, of course, you know, it's like, well, that's going to be expensive. I don't know, do we really need it and all this? And in 1883, from what I understand, there was a big blizzard out. Of course, it was in Nebraska, Iowa, somewhere like that. And the New York Times was kind of like saying, well, I mean... You will live out there in the wilds, of course, you should expect that kind of weather. And within days, that weather came to New York City, and it was really deadly. And if you think about it, the same storm would be pretty rough today, even. But uh, with the power lines above ground, everybody pretty much got their food on a daily basis, their uh, coal to heat on a daily basis, and it was three feet of snow. Trucks couldn't get in. Food couldn't get in. coal couldn't get in. Couldn't get to, you couldn't get to work to get any money. Probably couldn't get anything if you had it. I mean, it was really bad. I, I, I've thought about that a lot. But what New York City vowed to do was to never be disrupted again by a storm like that. And they put all the f- power lines underground and they started digging the, what is now the subway system. And it opened on this day in 1904. The New York City subway opened. It had 110,000 passengers, like the first three seconds they were open, I think, something like that. No, it was before at nighttime, but it went from Manhattan, went up to Harlem, which was about the end of the world then, you know. But, uh, of course, very extensive system. I've thought about that a lot when recently Hurricane Sandy was one that flooded, in recent rains flooding. They always wonder what to do. I said, well, they're underground, so... You know, the water's on the street coming down. It's going to go down. So, you know, but uh, a lot of the subway was disabled because of the rain. And I thought, man, I don't know if you should ever. I mean, you can. You want to do the best you can, okay? We've got brains, yes. We don't want to just purposely inconvenience ourselves. You know, when the storm's coming, batten down the hatches, do what you can do. But, you know, I, I wouldn't vow to say Mother Nature will ever disrupt us again.
1: Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Have some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The Sound of Life. Hey,
2: I'm Joe and just fresh off of wedding, finally. A lot of weddings happening, I think. Just because we're kind of coming out, you know what I'm talking about, out of the pandemic. I mean, you know, kind of, I mean, don't tell anybody. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of them, and my daughter got married Sunday. We've been planning it for, I don't know, seems like forever. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It, we've been so into the planning mode, at least my wife has, and my daughter, of course, that uh, after the wedding, we're laying there in bed at night, it was like, now what? It's <laughs> like, I know. There's nobody to call, nothing to check on. All that, you know, it's kind of interesting. But there was a royal wedding, kind of. They'd probably get very upset if I even brought it up, but it made the news. And they had been planning this for like three years. Princess! I mean, my princess got married, and maybe your princess got married, too. But this is Japan's Princess Mako. She married a commoner. And they didn't take very kindly to it, really. The people didn't, you know. That's a shame, really. I mean, because they really love each other, obviously, because she lost her royal status. That's what she gave up to... You you, you can probably see the parallels I'm thinking about in my mind, giving up a royal status for someone that she loved so much. And they were expressing that the people weren't very happy, which is kind of a shame, really. It's like they would rather see her keep... You know keep the status quo they don't care what the happiness level is <laughs> you know we don't care if you're happy or not just you've got to be the princess stay there which is kind of a shame really but uh, the document was signed it's official it's in the palace so uh, a lot of people have not welcomed the marriage well, that's too bad <laughs> there's always been marriages like that hasn't there since God instituted marriages with the Hebrews thousands of years ago She said, I love Mako. That's uh, the the groom said that. I love Mako. I get confused with the names. I'm sorry. Uh, I live only once, and I want to spend it with someone I love. He said he hopes to be with Mako to share feelings and encourage each other in happy times and difficult times. That's what marriage is all about. I hope to have a warm family with Mako-san, and I will continue to do everything to support her. You better believe it. Of course, we all know that it would be really wonderful if it was three strands tied together, right? Them and and God as well. Got that right? right. Oh
1: the sound of life.
2: It's the anniversary of uh, Teddy Roosevelt's birthday, who was famous for being president and having Robin Williams portray him in the movie Night at the Museum. Of course, he was born on this day in um eight. Uh, let's see, which one comes? Oh, 1858. Yeah. 1858. So late 1800s, early 1900s. Teddy Roosevelt. Bala. You know, we all know how, what he was like because of the portrayal in Night at the Museum, of course. That's <laughs> when I think of Teddy Roosevelt. And we've all seen that image of him. It's pretty neat. I have a feeling he was probably a pretty cool guy. Uh, I, I really do. He said the most important single ingredient in the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. I mean, man, even the Apostle Paul said that. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I got a notice late last night that the Esopus Creek in uh, Mount Marion, I believe, I think I know about where that is, was going to be at flood stage around midnight. We just live on that creek. I was thinking about all the people who do still, you know, and uh, pray for you. Pray for peace. Pray. Uh, yeah. And, and like you would be saying, God, please don't let it flood. Let it go down somewhere else if you can somehow. You know, God knows that. He knows you don't want that to, to flood, right? Mm. You're out about in the world. You know, it's a good thing to realize that the world has different priorities than God does. You may be, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but it's a good remember, thing to remember. Many eternally insignificant things, trends, if you will, you know, are compelling for a season, which nowadays, who knows, hours maybe, I i don't know. So you just stay focused on Christ and kingdom goals I mean, I'd never be able to sound as good as Dr. Tony Evans, but uh, I just want you to know that uh, the Apostle Paul in the church at Rome and knowing that we would be having to do with the same thing, right? Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, because that's what's going to get bombarded, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Find that in Romans. That's, uh, you know, I was thinking, you see somebody with that joy just kind of coming out. And people kind of look at them. You know, there's a a special kind of fragrance, if you will. It's a supernatural joy from God.
1: Hope you got it today. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter.
0: Oh, you're a
1: smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. Toby
2: Mac getting you going. Help is on the way. Maybe Margaret E. Knight back in the day would be saying that. Not way back, but back far enough. Now, I don't know where she lived, you know, in Springfield, Massachusetts. I know where she lived. I don't know really how she lived. But I would think getting up every morning and going to work at the paper bag factory. I don't even know if it's still there. Maybe. We still have a lot of paper bags now. I, I And I, I don't know. I, I've done jobs like that. And, boy, It's tough. It's tough. Not like. Here, where I don't really work. You know, I imagine there you have to work pretty hard. But she was thinking, see, she went there working at the paper bag factory. And really, to make a long story short, or a little shorter, she invented a machine which perfected the creation of the paper bag. She really did. And uh, the thing is, though, a man tried to steal it from her. He patented it. He stole the idea while the machine was in construction, right? Because he obviously... Wanted to get credit for it. Imagine that, taking somebody's idea right out from under him. Maybe because she was a woman. he thought people would just believe him. His name was Charles, but uh, she took him to court and she won her case because she had the detailed notes and the sketches and the measurements and instructions and witnesses from three shops that testified to her process, whereas his defense was that a woman couldn't have invented Such a complex apparatus. (gasps) He said that in court. Well, she won. And proving that women really should run the world, she continued to invent over a hundred different machines. And she did get these patented, patented 20 of them. The paper bag machine remains her most well-known invention and practical things. Coming out of the superior minds of women. I like it. (laughs) That's what it is. Waking up
1: with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The
2: sound of life. I got a message for people who are taking care of uh, somebody with dementia. That is very difficult. Um, and And my mom was like that. I, I'm not the one that was there taking care of her. My sister was. But anyway, uh, one day I'll tell you a pretty cool thing that happened. But um, this uh, 81-year-old loved to play the piano and uh, do, uh, you know, I mean, he composed music and he was a conductor. And so he composed this tune on the piano only using like F natural, A, D, and B. It sounds like the vitamins I take in the morning, but this is what it sounds like. And it was pretty cool, and it captured the hearts of everybody in the UK when he played it from his home in Sussex. So the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra said, we want to get together and do it as an orchestra. And then all the proceeds will go to benefit the Alzheimer's Society of Music and Dimension. This is what it sounds like. He just had come alive when he was watching that, and he got to uh, conduct it as well. A dream come true for Dad to conduct and play with an orchestra. 81-year-old. man. This is, your, this is what dreams are made of right here. like an out-of-body experience i guess so i get chills and i'm just listening to it. so maybe that'll give you an idea if you're a caregiver for someone who has dementia music it's a way to go he is more alive playing the piano now more than he has in eight years very cool stuff The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter.
1: You're as funny as a cry for help. The Sound of Life.
2: That reminds me of a time and a relate that Sheridan Voisey, and you may know that name. He's a book writer, written a lot of books, speaker, speaking at your church, although lives in the UK. Love to hear him talk. But he was talking about a time when he had spoken at a church, and he does that a lot. And a woman came up to him and said, so what you're saying is it may not be my fault. I've probably thought about that a lot of times, too. She said, I have a chronic illness and I have prayed, fasted, confessed my sins and done everything else I was told to do to be healed. But I'm still sick. So I thought I was the one to blame. And Sheridan said he felt sad for her, of course, because here, here she is being given the spiritual, quote, formula to fix her problem. And, of course, she blamed herself when the formula didn't work. And even worse, this approach to suffering was disproved generations ago. It's in the Bible, actually. And you know who I'm going to say, right? Job, if you know about Job. And he lost his livestock and his children and his health and his friends. And his friends used that formula on him. Who? Being innocent has ever perished, one said. One of them actually said that the real cause of his calamities was was about the children, sinning. Wow. I mean, what they said to him just crushed him. Except it kind of didn't because he knew that God was still God and God was good. Suffering is a part of living in a fallen world. Look around. I mean... You know, we're kind of in denial. We got it pretty good here. but Wow, we, it's really, you know, it is a lot of things. And there always has been. I'm sure there's every generation's thought, this is it, you know. Well, one generation it will be. But like Job, it can happen for reasons that you may never know about. But God has a purpose for you that goes way beyond the pain you endure. So don't get discouraged, easy for me to say, right, by falling for simplistic formulas. Great physician, Father God, give us words to heal, not to hurt in times of pain. Amen.
1: A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. The most unlikely
2: personality, celebrity, whatever you want to call him, blessed man, and he knows that it's incredible. Um, It it really is. I was just thinking about him because I saw him recently, not in person, but in a commercial. But um, back in the day, he had come out of prison, and while he was in California in a federal penitentiary, he just cried out to God because he was a drug addict, and he knew he was going to get the death penalty, and he or 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 life, and boy, God saved him and got him out of there. And he found himself being a—I um, think they call probably not a coach, but he's a person who can go along with somebody to help them out, who is uh, recovering from addiction. That's what he did, and he got a call one day. He said, uh, "Can you come down to the movie set?" He said, I understand there's a lot of drugs there on the movie set. He said, sure, I'll be down there. So he went down there, and somebody came up to him and said, "Uh, would you like to be an extra? And he said, extra what? He said, well, we need people to be inmates. He said, well, I could probably pull that off. And they said, okay, here, I'll give you a blue shirt to put on. And so he took his shirt off to put on the blue shirt, and they noticed this big tattoo that he has on his chest. And they said, don't put your shirt on. Just stay right there where you are, right there. And then somebody else came up to him and said, you know, we need somebody to teach these actors. There's a couple of big time actors in the movie. They need, to, they need to box or fight or whatever. Can you do that? And he, oh, I know it was a friend of his that knew him from prison and knew that he was a pretty good boxer. I mean, he was really good boxer. That's right. And so he said, you could do that. And he said, it was a funny lie because he said, you know, it it pays like $350 to do it. He said, for $350, I'd fight Godzilla. (laughs) Anyway, that's how Danny Trejo got into doing movies and TV shows and stuff. He is the quintessential bad guy who loves God and was rescued by God. But the story is just now coming out. And now he finds himself... (laughs) On one of those at and commercials with Lily, man. Is that such a...
1: That's amazing. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. It's amazing,
2: isn't it, when you boil things down, when they're in the, the cauldron of, oh, I don't know, pressure or reality. You know, the, the, the moment when things get boiled down, things are pretty simple, aren't they? Sometimes. But it, it just seems like just about everything. Maybe everything is. Garrett said, after 17 years of pastoral ministry, I'm increasingly convinced of two realities. Really? 17 years, I've got two realities, and they're pretty simple sin messes everything up. Number two, Jesus can fix any mess sin can make the
1: sound of life
2: and the homeowner said huge skeletons are just part of how we live now in some areas that's kind of true they're getting more and more popular this time of the year seems they're getting bigger and bigger this man went out and got like this has got to be like the biggest one you could possibly buy it's so impractical it's got to be 15 feet high you know and uh put it out in front of his home and uh, put some decoration there around it. But that's about all you need. He had two of them. And the problem is, where do you keep it? I mean, unless you have an airplane hanger in your backyard, <laughs> and just kind of impractical, fold them up. I don't know. But uh, here's the thing that's interesting. He lives in a pretty nice neighborhood. And the homeowners association didn't appreciate two 15-foot-high skeletons on his front yard. And you got to notice, you can't ha- have them. You need to move them. You have 30 days to move them. So, in cooperation with the other neighbors, they have figured out how they can keep their skeletons in the neighborhood. And I'm sure the Homeowners Association is steaming over this because... What they do is before the deadline is up they just move them to another yard. And then you get another notice at this new yard. Well, you know, you can't have those skeletons, so you you have 30 days to move them right. And they just keep moving them. And, and when I read that, I thought, that is so human. We all do that to one degree or another. Right? We've been doing it for thousands of years. Ever Well, ever since the Ten Commandments, and the, you had the whole Levitical law, hundreds of rules and regulations, it was to keep the Hebrews safe and alive. But But it's interesting how there's ways to get around some of that and still be legal. <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's almost funny. It brought Jesus to say... You know, the Sabbath, because a lot of those <clears throat> rule loopholes were on the Sabbath and how you could not have to stay inside all the time because we can connect to the neighbor's house with a string, and technically we're connected, so I'm not breaking the law. That's, that's actually true. And so Jesus said, <laughs> the Sabbath was made for you. It was made so you would rest and rehabilitate and you know but no we always like to look for those look for those loopholes don't we i think we've been over this that too the cup of joe morning show with joe hunter might as well get up do something the sound of life you know the world has different priorities than god does and many eternally insignificant things Like giant skeletons in the front yard, just to say one, they're compelling for a season. Stay focused on Christ and kingdom goals. And remember, compared to spending eternity with God, most things don't really matter, do they? As Paul wrote a letter to the church, Romans, that's where they were. The church is still going, by the way. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Check that out. Romans 12, 2. Reaching the
1: heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. The end of the month is on
2: Sunday, October 31st. If you and your family don't want to dress up, like uh they used to in the way old days way back before Christ came as far as i understand it when when they thought the evil spirits came out of the ground and they dressed up like them so that they would be confused and Go look for somebody else. That's kind of what that whole thing is about. You can celebrate Reformation Day. It absolutely is. You probably heard about Martin Luther. That's when he nailed, well, I don't know if he nailed it to the door, but that's the tradition now. He might have just placed it on the desk. But he was teaching in Wittenberg, Germany, the church there. And uh, he had some problems with the church, and he took issues with them, and it started what is now known the, as the Reformation. He started the Lutheran Church there in Germany, and the other Protestant churches around the world are from his Reformation ideas, right? Uh, but And, and uh, who's the pastor? Uh, R.C. Sproul is doing this week, a whole study every day on... Um, Martin Luther and the Times and what he was looking at and things like that. Very in-depth kind of study. You can celebrate that as a family if you want to. A lot of churches offer great activities and get together and things like that. Dress up. uh, You know, have a contest in your house. That's it. Okay, you get a big prize. You get the next bag of candy we get, the one that looks like the most like Martin Luther. Or do your house, like, uh, you know, I mean, the outside in the yard, like a village uh, that would look like in the 14th century or something like that. Awesome.
1: A great way to start your day, the Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, it, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The sound of life. Today, big day for cat
2: people. Yeah, I don't. You probably know this if you're a cat person. October twenty ninth, celebrate National Cat Day. Furry companion, all snuggled up. Of course, if they don't mind it, of course, you know. We always make fun of the cat people. Of course, you know. It's kind of like being a Southern Baptist. I mean, you know, being a an evangelical Southerner, you know, always get made fun of. Nobody ever, you know. <laughs> nobody ever says anything about that, but uh, you, you do. I mean, I find myself watching cat videos as well, especially the ones where they scare them. It's just absolutely amazing. But uh, anyway, I do. I I recently saw a um, cartoon that had a woman sleeping on the couch, taking a nap, and her cat was sitting there beside her looking at her phone and going, what? All these pictures of other cats. What is that all
1: about? Waking
2: up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Maybe the motto in your family was like this. Hopefully it isn't, but it may be. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel was the law that we lived by, says Frederick Buchner in his powerful memoir, Telling Secrets. Mm. And woe to the one who broke it, he said describing his experience of what he calls the unwritten law of families who, for one reason or another, have gone out of whack. In his own family, that law meant that he was not allowed to talk about or grieve his father's suicide, leaving him with no one he could trust with his pain. Maybe you can relate to that. Many of us, in one way or another, have learned to live with a warped version of love one that demands dishonesty or silence about what's harmed us. The kind of love relies on fear for control. It's kind of a, like slavery. We can't afford to forget just how different Jesus' invitation to love is from the kind of, uncondi- or kind of conditional love we often experience, a kind of love we're always afraid we could lose. The apostle Paul was explaining that. He said, through Christ's love, we can finally understand what it means to not live in fear. Wow. And to understand the kind of glorious freedom that's possible when we know we're deeply, truly, and unconditionally loved. You know, free to talk, free to trust, and to feel once more to learn what it means to live unafraid. Wow. Thank you, Monica, for sharing that. Wow. Loving God, at times we are afraid to live honestly with ourselves and with others thinking by doing so, we'll no longer be loved. So, Lord, heal our heart. Help us believe in and live for the glory, freedom, and joy your love makes possible. Amen.
1: Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life.
2: Of course, Sunday, let's just put it out there. It's Halloween. Okay, October 31st, of course it goes way, way back before Christ, you know, the, the Druids and what they believed and all this stuff, and so pretty much everything that's come along, the church got in on it, redeeming the 31st and the 1st of November, and there's lots of things going on, it's Reformation Day, it happens to be that's for real, really happened with Martin Luther, but your family may not be celebrating that, and you may want to do a trunk or treat or you may want to have a family night. Kids love to dress up anyway. Can do stuff like that. You know, trunk or treat stuff. Family night. Of course, once, once kids find out there's candy involved, they would do anything. <laughs> Let's go do it, right? Who, who brought the candy? We have to bring the candy into everything. So you can blame that on, I don't know, whoever makes candies, I guess, and Whoever enjoys candy, I don't know who would enjoy candy. I can't even imagine. But, you know, I, I often said back in my day when there was about a million kids in the neighborhood, all baby boomers, but we didn't know it then. We were just kids running around down south where it was warm on October 31st. You know, and if it wasn't raining, oh man, we'd, we'd be out all night practically running around playing. You know, my mom made homemade brownies, put a little orange Uh, Pumpkin candy on top of them. So if you were like the first hundred kids You got one of those from my mom was pretty cool, but I kind of can relate a little bit Maybe you can too to Tim Hawkins and him going out with (laughs) the old style candy
1: Trigger treating I hated it. We lived in an older neighborhood My mom would take me trick-or-treating in our neighborhood and older folks now older folks are nice. They just don't know what candy is You know what I'm saying? I used to get, like, Halsman, the lippus drops oh, and stop. bullion cubes and sucrets and those little red dental tablets you used to have to chew to see where you didn't brush, <laughs> stained your teeth red for like a year, oh, looks like you got punched in a mouth. I bet. They didn't know what candy was, and I just get this bag
2: full of stuff. I'm like, Mommy, what is this? What is this? My mom would always say the same thing. What do you say? What do you say tonight, lady? What do you say?
1: (laughs) Making a face? You messed up! Stop it! A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show.
2: Ralph. Carmichael, ring a bell. He was born in May of 1927, the son of a Pentecostal preacher who allowed him to listen to mainstream music on the radio. Wonder what that was like in 1930s. Mm. His music career began at Southern California Bible College. It's called Vanguard University now. He established a men's quartet, combined classical hymns with contemporary jazz. <sighs> He also served as head of the school's music department in, the, in his early 20s. Ralph Carmichael, he passed away Monday at the age of 94. He's known as the father of contemporary Christian music. In mm. the 1960s, he began creating modern-sounding faith-based music that would eventually be termed contemporary Christian music. He composed over 300 gospel songs. He worked with big-name CCM artists like Andre Crouch, Resurrection Band, George Beverly Shea, worked with him. He also worked with Nat King Cole with the Carpenters, Ella Fitzgerald, Elvis Presley, talking about Ralph Carmichael. What a life. He composed music scores for classic films and TV shows like I Love Lucy and Bonanza. I didn't know that. Amazing. In 68, he was composing his own music. He decided to start Light Records and Lexicon Music Publishing. That was in the hopes of promoting up-and-coming Christian artists. He was also the president of the Gospel Music Association. His career, as you might imagine, was not without criticism. He was labeled a heretic by some for attempting to modernize Christian music. Ralph Carmichael. He's a great guy, apparently. People that knew him loved him very much. They said he was absolutely full of life, which really is the ideal of joining Christ in you, right? You don't change. You're who you are. It's just that you're doing it through Christ. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to explain. Other people can explain it better than I can, but it seems like Ralph Carmichael really lived that out. Great stuff there. He's survived by his wife and children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, yeah. Listener-supported The Sound of Life. I love talking to you about yourself and your family and stuff, and for years I've been talking to Leslie and Port Jervis, and she always calls in birthdays and things, and we're talking uh, to her husband. I thought to her husband, Joe. How could Joe's not take so long? How could we take so long before we, we met? And, of course, I love talking to a Joe about... Um, the, you know, their neighborhood and their life and what it's like in prayer, Joe said, is a big part of their life.
1: It's a big part. Her mother was a was an icon when she was alive. She lived to be 105 months, and that lady prayed morning, noon, and night. Her daughter prays morning, noon, and night, and she picked the right partner. We do the same because there's a lot of um, things going on out there, Joe, and... Uh, If everybody got on their knees for five minutes, I think it would change a lot of things. The sound of life.
2: What you're about to hear is something really kind of rare. All right, you'll recognize it as a violin. I don't know if you appreciate it. That violin there travels with an entourage because it's worth $15 million. And you may think, oh, it's a Stradivari. Yes, it is. And it was being played at a church in Italy by request because looking at a thing where they were, they just, everybody is, everybody's fascinated by it. And uh, now they've found out why they sound so good. And I almost hate to break it to you because... I mean, obviously, the way it was put together, you know, has a lot to do with it as well. They've concentrated on the wood for years and years. And nobody's been able to replicate that sound for over 200 years. And it may not ever be done. Uh, but maybe. You never know. It would be kind of a shame, really, to have something that's like that made over 200 years ago. You know, oh, we can do that. We knock them out now, you know. <laughs> Got them at Ikea. No, nah, I don't know. But... um, uh, The reason that this international team of chemists found out, and it's interesting to me, because maybe God had a hand in this, but due to a wood worm infestation at the time that these violin makers were making the Stradivari, and there's another one as well, too, I probably can't pronounce it right, but they would treat the wood with chemicals, to protect the instruments. Borax, zinc, copper, alum, along with lime water were used to treat the wood that made up the instruments. And uh, they each maker had their own individual proprietary method of wood processing, which meant that, you know, it's like a recipe for a wonderful dessert. Yeah, you get the ingredients, but there's something probably that's Maybe a little bit different that nobody said, <laughs> and and Stradivari is not around anymore, so we don't know. Well, but that's that's what they did because of the worms that ate the wood. They wanted to protect it, and they put it in there to do that. That was, that was really, I thought that was really kind of cool when it makes this sound. <laughs>